everyone. Welcome to another episode of It Was All a Stream. I'm Chris Axe. I'm here hosting alongside my cousin, Neil Carroll. Welcome back, everybody. What's going on out there? Well, it's currently dumping snow here. So, it is everyone else doesn't have that problem. Yeah. Um, crazy times. Crazy times. Just like the crazy show that we've been watching. That's right. WandaVision. WandaVision. Also, so, this was, it's fun we're doing it today because perfect day for media, perfect day to catch up on stuff, binge watch things. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. Um, so let's do this a little bit differently today because WandaVision gave us an episode that was a little bit different from what they've been giving us. Very true. Where we weren't really following along with Wanda or Vision. Um, we were outside and they gave us some answers this week. So I want to like dive deep kind of as much as we can scene by scene um, as we go along. So we're not going to do the normal Wandapedia recap or any of that. We are just going to go scene by scene, talk about what we noticed in each scene, clue you in on little things, talk about how we felt about it. Um, But overall, what were your, your feelings on this episode before we get into like heavy spoilers? Overall, I think, it was the right episode at the right time because I could definitely see how they might've started to lose people and they needed like an anchor. They needed an anchor episode. That's going to bring everybody back. This was definitely that. So I, I mean, I loved it and I felt like it was just right. It was it hit that sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, I'm 1000% with you. I kind of missed the sitcom stuff, but this was good. Yeah. They, they, I think the important, part of this episode is that they kind of illustrated that they will give us all of the answers right like they even gave us answers to things that like i would not have expected to get an answer even though we kind some of the things we kind of knew what was going on already it was good that they confirmed it um all right so let's start with the opening which was we get a so we're kind of back in time. We're now prior to the events of WandaVision episode one, right? Right. So this opening now, we're with Monica Rambeau, who was um, Geraldine while she was in the WandaVision world. Yep. She's so we get a flashback to prior to her being in that world. And she is actually, we're actually at the Iron Man snap. So Iron Man has snapped his fingers to bring everyone back from the events of Infinity War. When Thanos had snapped his fingers, we're now in Endgame. Iron Man has the glove. He snaps his fingers. And we're seeing what happens when everyone came back in that moment. Which... I feel like we didn't get a good job of in the movies. Not like they did. A, we didn't get know, any of it. Really. We didn't get any of it. Right. So this was a nice callback and this was a, a great way to demonstrate it. What I thought was a little bit too much was, but I guess like it makes sense. Like, so they reappear in exactly the same place. 
they reappear in exactly the same place and they also don't realize that they've been gone for exactly this time right. so there's complete panic everywhere monica is um she is in the hospital i guess she was with her mom who we know who her mom was uh maria rambo because we saw her in captain marvel um that's her mother who we saw monica as a child in captain marvel and so she fell ill she had cancer she had surgery it was supposedly went successful while five years ago the issue is the cancer came back during those Turn, five years that Monica the was gone, years, right. and Monica doesn't find out until she comes back. I like I, I like that story element, but so you know, spoiler alert: Thanos blinks or snaps half the universe away. The universe. Let's focus on Earth. You have seven billion people on Earth. Three and a half billion people disappear. Five years later. Spoiler alert, part two, we snapped them back, okay? What are the odds that chair she was sitting in is empty at the time she gets snapped back? Okay, I mean, if that's what you're going to get hung up on. Three and a half billion people. I mean, I know it's a strange thing to get hung up on, but it really it really bugged me because I'm watching that scene and other people are appearing and there's chaos. It's like, we don't know what's going on. These people are showing up. Yeah. And there's like someone on a gurney's reappearing. And there was a second there where I couldn't tell. Like it took me a minute where I couldn't tell if we were at the first snap or we were at the second. And then it right. became clearer as, as that scene went on. But like, you know, what happened to the poor woman that was on floor, you know, 12 in the elevator that disappears. Now she comes back, but the elevator's on level one. What? She's just, that's it. She's dead. How that's good. Three and a half billion people are being brought yeah, back. That's true. At where least does, 500,000. Does, does she re reappear in the air mm -hmm. on level 11 or does she exactly. reappear exactly. in the elevator? But at the same time, they kind of answered those questions. I think it is chaos them coming back because we saw like planes going down and helicopters going down with the first snap when people left. So Correct. I think there would still, as illustrated in that opening scene, there still would be a lot of chaos and probably unintended deaths and, and the whole bit. Um, the See, thing like that, that kind of got me. I mean, I, me, I don't like chaos. I like your explanation. The thing that kind of got me was, um, you know, we're, we now saw what happened to everyone coming back. Like... And again, like I'm, I'm willing to like just right. go with what happens, but in end game, how did they all get so organized right after that snap to come through the Dr. Strange portals and come fight Thanos, all those heroes? Yes. How did that happen if they just get snapped back and they have no idea what's going on? That's a great point. It's not like there's a, a superhero That's where web. they kind of lost me a little bit. Like, oh, yeah. they were a little too clever with this one. Who sent out the text message, the group text? Right. Yes, yeah, to 1,100 people. So that, like, I could understand Very some true. of them, like Doctor Strange would know, like, oh, stuff right. didn't work out. Like, people would know um, because they were in the situation. So they'd know that they had lost to Thanos. But, like, how would they know that they're back in it? Um. 
anyways, moving on. So we get that opening scene. Monica's back. um, And now she uh, goes to uh, the sword facility where she works. We find that out. Now that's official. That's official. She works for sword. Um, She's trying to get in and can't because, again, it's been five years. Her car no longer works. But that's okay because the person she's supposed to meet with, uh, the acting director, Tyler Hayward, um, sees her in the lobby, lets her in uh, so that they could have their meeting. Now, what was interesting about this, too, is you get a couple of things. You find out that her mother was the director prior to dying. Um, so Maria Rambo, she was kind of the founder of Sword um, and was the director. Uh, you find out that at least I inferred that Monica is some sort of um, does some sort of extraterrestrial work where she's out in space because they say that she's grounded, quote okay. unquote. Because she came back and she's like, oh, why? Like, come on, I'm fine. Why can't I go? You think there'll be a a future connection to um, Captain Marvel? Yeah, I think there's going to be a clear connection to Captain Marvel there. Um, Especially because we know she's going to be in Captain Marvel 2. So I think there will be that clear connection. Um, I think that... um, yeah, so it's interesting to hear like that, um, you know, she's been grounded, grounded, like as right. in she has to stay on Earth. Correct. Um, but I thought it was really clever what what they did, or it was like kind of a sweet moment where he says, like, listen, your mother put this in place that if anyone yeah. came back, that they weren't to, they needed to stay on Earth for a while, um, yeah. but. The good news is she always thought you were going to come back. Oh, so like I thought so that was like a, a sweet, sweet little, yeah. a sweet thing. Holding out hope. Um, and then she gets assigned to her new mission already right off the bat that she has to go work a missing persons case, which is interesting because there were half half the world, yeah, was, the world missing. was a missing person. So she's right. like, how is there a missing person case? Um, and she sent out to help out our good friend, FBI agent, Jimmy Wu from and too, Jimmy Woo, the the character, an amazing job. Also, that actor, I think when he's Randall in things, Park. Randall Park, is underrated. He's very, very good, very he's much very so. good, and very funny. Yeah, he does a really good job, and he really like shines in this episode. Um, so Monica goes and meets Woo outside of Westview, and. Uh, one thing that I'm not sure if you caught. So just because I had recently watched um, Ant-Man 2 right. uh, where he was in it, um, he's trying to like throughout the movie learn magic <laughs> because right. uh, and he's trying to learn how to like make a card appear. And you'll notice when he goes to greet Monica, he makes his business card appear appear like he learned I didn't, how I didn't to do magic that. and that's what he does he like reveals his card and hands it nice. to her as he's walking up to her uh, um, so that was cool awesome. like he learned magic i love that Good kind for of callback yeah um and so the missing person 
quote unquote, quote was unquote. a in witness pr- protection staying in Westview. But the weird thing is that it's not just him who's missing because Jimmy Woo has gone to all of his known associates and they don't even remember who he is. Right. Not only that, but the cops there in the area, they don't even they haven't even heard of Westview. They say that Westview doesn't exist, that they're Eastview cops. Right. Now, can we just pause a minute? And if I had the magic button that I've been asking you for, I would be pressing it right now. Where is Westview? In New Jersey. Jersey represent. That's right. Jersey represent. Exit, I think it was 32 on the, I'm not sure if it was New Jersey Turnpike or it was 78, but it's, you know, I just, I liked it. I recognized some road signs. I thought it was pretty cool. I kind of Googled. Like, where would this be? I think it's middle. I don't even County. know if we need a button. You ju- could just go Jersey represent. Jersey represent. I know, but I have fun with a button. I would even <laughs> do it myself, like voice sample myself, regardless. So that was a little extra excitement for me because I was like, okay, that's cool. And um, so, yeah, so we get these guys. They're Eastview cops. We don't know. And like, that, nobody's. They it mind confirms white. Confirms your theory, too, that this was an actual town and yes. she took it over. I know you were mentioning that in the yeah. last, uh, just in our last it. episode, but anyways, you're sorry yeah. to interrupt. Continue. No, no, no. So I was just saying like, she's mind wiped everybody. It seems like that mind wipe extends outward a bit as well, which is a little strange because it's, it seems like some people are affected more than others. They allude to it. It's like, well, maybe the closer we get, the more we're affected, but it's an enormous uh, power upgrade for her, I think. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, she's, she's someone who I, I think had a lot of untapped power. Like you look at, um, again, just calling back to Infinity War, like she was the one who was called on to yeah. destroy an Infinity Stone, Vision's Infinity Stone, which is right. like, you know, that takes a lot of power, power to be able to do something like that. So this kind of seems like this is only just like a drop in the bucket for her. Like the, she's, you know, she's right. just learning how to really do all this stuff. I mean, you imagine how much power it takes to basically make a whole new reality bubble. Now, which could she do uh, it to the entire world? Could she do it to the entire world? She was called upon to destroy that infinity stone. She is, a powerful female character in this universe and has been around for several movies. This is one of the reasons that I take exception to Captain Marvel's introduction and role in the late latter later films, because I feel like Wanda could have played that part. Like Wanda could have done a lot of that action that Captain Marvel was called upon for. Yeah. Uh, like without get diving too veering too deep yeah. into the Captain Marvel waters. Um, I do agree with you that they kind of threw her in there needlessly and they didn't do right. enough to establish her within this universe to yeah. warrant having her as big of a part of Endgame as she was. Right. And that's the thing. It's like these people work so, even though it's all fake, it's movies. But in theory, it's like they all put in so much 
and are growing as characters and are discovering more about themselves. When you just plop somebody in who is essentially the, the Superman character with like no weaknesses and all the powers, it takes the struggle out. Like I like I enjoy Superman movies and I like some of the things when they're done right and like we we've talked about this like Christopher Reeve brings a lot of humanity to it um, did but when there's no stakes like when there's no weakness then there's no angst there's no drama I'm not on the edge of my seat right. like if Wanda was pushing her limits and giving herself a nosebleed because she's like really do you know using the force i'm using my hands on a podcast which is ridiculous but like you know i get like that that does something for me that gives me something so i hope like i I guess that's the way it's going and there's been a lot of memes uh after this episode of her kind of in the bubble or like with her hands over a bubble where where the town is in yeah it reminded me of like the bottle city of ken kandar kandar Mm -hmm. kandar which is dc but so anyway, that's that's where I was going. I think uh, I think we're going to get a closer look or a wider look at that bubble in the next episode at that town. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think we're going to be getting I think now we'll be getting answers more simultaneously with what's going on inside yeah. of that world. Um, so continuing on, the cops don't remember the town existed. They try to explore what's going on in there a little bit. They send a drone in, which is our first callback to a previous WandaVision episode where it instantly goes offline. They don't know what happens to it. And that answers our question as to what the toy helicopter was. It was one of the the shield drones. Um, Monica then walks up to the barrier, realizes there's some sort of force field around it and she gets sucked in into the world and that's when we have a whole sword camp that has to get set up around the town of Westview. And we get our second callback from a, a past Marvel character. This Darcy. I like. Darcy comes back. Yeah. From the Thor. Oh, oh I wasn't even thinking of that. I thought you were going to say the callback to the beekeeper. We we're going to be getting to that. We're going to get to that. Okay. Oh yeah. So we're yeah, going to be it's nice to, to have that. Darcy back. Cat Dennings. Um, she's been absent a good long while. She was the funny sidekick. I think she did a good job in this. I thought she, she was yeah, serviceable. She was, she was good. Yeah. And and like let's describe it this way. For television, I think she's the perfect ancillary character to be brought to the television series. Yeah. Not that she wasn't cutting Absolutely. it in the films, but if there's a character that we're going to like not continue in film, but, but let shine on TV, I think that's the perfect character. And I think she's a, a good actress to bring it to life. Give it something. Agreed. And it's like, it's a good way to get, cause listen, you're not going to be able to get like, a Chris Evan, a Chris Evans, or a yeah. Chris Hemsworth, any of the Chris's to like, yes, continuously make cameos right. in all of these television series. You're so it's a nice way to tie in the larger movies by bringing in the side characters to cameo as opposed to the big stars. Definitely. Um, so they get this camp set up. Darcy is back. She's doing her sciencey stuff, and she realizes that um, 
there are broadcast signals coming from the area. So she gets a bunch of old TVs. And so now that's our next callback where we see definitively she was the one at the end of uh, WandaVision episode one that was watching on the television monitor and taking the notes in the sword notebook. Um, Meanwhile, we see the next callback is that um, the they're sending someone in underground through the sewer who's right. in a hazmat suit. And as he crosses that barrier into Westview, he turns into having a beekeeper costume. Which is explained away by the earlier scene of the drone. Because right. the drone in the real world has a different color scheme than when it passes through. It's shrunken a little bit. It takes on a less drony look and a more helicoptery look. Yeah. Yeah, toy helicopter. And it has her colors, the red and, and Yeah, yellow. it turns into something to fit right. the world the that she's created. Exactly. So like the cable that the, the beekeeper has attached to him as he's walking through the barrier Which comes so detached cool. and it turns into a jump rope where kids the toy jump rope and he becomes like a beekeeper looking dude uh but what's interesting is it doesn't it doesn't work the other way like when you get expelled you don't go back to what you were dressed in, in that's the real true world. that's true so, which is like a matrixy type thing which is i guess if you die in this bubble you die in real life. One would think. One would think. If you, you know, you're in these clothes in the bubble, you're in the clothes in real life. Yeah. So this, if we talk about stakes before, that gave me like, okay, there's some stakes here. Mm-hmm. There's repercussions to your life outside the bubble. Agreed. Now, they realize that, you know, once they realize that there's the show, it's being broadcast, that the, the characters quote unquote in this show they are all citizens of the town of westview so we get the answer to who the hearts are we know who certain people are what's interesting is they never reveal who agnes is right and they never reveal who Dottie is who a lot of people think she might be somebody. We just don't yeah. know who she is yet. Um, also, something to note is the whiteboard that Randall is writing on. He's right. writing on a whiteboard during the scene where they're starting to pin um, yeah. people's names and draw pictures of their driver's license and stuff like that. Yeah. He's writing on a whiteboard, and there's a couple things that I noticed. Um, one is that he, and you can only make out part of this, section is there's a section that says who's behind this question mark and you could tell he's written a list but the only thing you could see on the list is it says scrolls okay like they're wondering oh is this the scrolls like they're trying to figure out who's behind it right right and then they also have another list that says what we don't know and there's four items there one it says why hexagonal shape the second one is why sitcoms Right. Third one is same time and space question mark. And the fourth is, is vision alive? So just some right. Easter eggs there. Mm-hmm. And I'd imagine if they're putting those questions out in the open, those are things that they're going to answer by the end of the show. I think they kind of answered one 
by the end of the show, by the end I of think, the episode. I think they kind of answered one by the end of the episode as well, and we'll talk about it. I'm okay. sure we're talking the same thing. I'm going to let you um, leave me there. All right, so next, uh, they try contacting Wanda. They realize that there's radios in there, um, so they use some science-y mumbo-jumbo. Right. And now we get, an- again, another callback to episode two when – uh, Wanda's at the pool and there's that interruption and you hear Jimmy Woo's right. voice. He's calling to Wanda. Who's doing this to you, Wanda, blah, 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 all that. That actually happened outside. They were trying to contact her and she kind of shuts that down. Right. And they also kind of realize Darcy realizes during this um, that someone's censoring the, their end of what they're seeing because on the monitor commercials it, and on, yeah and on the monitor it looks like it just skips right. from him calling out and then to they're having the conversation again but what we saw was we saw uh dotty break the glass and cut her yep. hand open but darcy didn't see any of that um so but again like let's discuss it for a second that goes to which we kind of learn about uh, she's cognizant of what's going on, Wanda. She's aware of what's happening. Someone's in control here, and knows that she doesn't that that censoring that gives me the impression she doesn't want anybody to interfere with what's going on. Wants it to appear safe, sound, and that she's not harming anyone. Correct. And there's going to be more of that too later on in this episode that kind of solidifies that oh, she's definitely censoring this. So, um, meanwhile, we see after the scene that Wanda banishes the sword agent who turned into a beekeeper. And then we get ultimately the scene with Wanda and Monica, right? where it was actually censored on our end as well last week, where we didn't see Wanda banishing Monica when she brings up Ultron and her brother. Um, but we get some real answers here. We do get the answer that Wanda did indeed throw Monica out. And we get the visual that we saw in the trailers of Monica going through all of the homes and the fences and stuff yes. and being shot out back into the real world. Dangerous indeed. Um, we also get pretty de- definitively that um, when Monica lands and, you know, all the agents are surrounding her, she's kind of in a daze and she goes, it's all Wanda. Right, right. So at least... And she's mumbling that as she kind of comes to out there. It's all yeah. Wanda. It's all so Wanda, at least right. to this point, we are led to believe that Wanda is in full control, as we've all been suspecting. She's been the one doing this. Right. Um. And then lastly, this was the moment I think that you and I were alluding to earlier. Right. Is now we're back with Wanda. She's thrown Monica out. She fixes everything. Vision comes back in. And momentarily, Wanda sees Vision as his dead body. She does not see Vision as that fictional the universes. He's got the crack in his Vision. head. He's yep. gray because that was mm-hmm. another thing when it happened and Thanos rips it out of his head. He he turns like this sickly dead death like grayish gray color. purple. Yeah. The life taken out of him. 
So that moment was jarring, but also like, you know, okay, he's dead. Like he's not there in real life. This must be what his body looks like. Here's a new theory I've come up with. Um, I think this might be the same theory that I have because I have a theory about this. Okay. Go for it. So number one, uh, Paul Bettany, we talked about this last episode, got a little chatty on a talk show. Well, you can't go on talk shows, but he was given some interview, got a little chatty, and he's like, episode four is going to blow your mind. He also says, we're going to know, we're going to find out what happened to Vision's body. Yeah. Someone asked him about the body. I think the reason she's chosen Westview is that's where the body was taken or there's something there where that, where that's where it exists. So I'm not sure if, cause at first when people were speculating, what is Westview, all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm not I know sure thought, it's quite yeah. that uh-huh. because it seems like this is just a town Right. The the only kind of connection between like the government that would have placed Vision's body somewhere and um and the town of Westview is right. just that whoever that witness protection person is. I imagine maybe it's it's Dottie because we think Agnes is Agatha Harkless. We Correct. don't know who Dottie Dottie is, so maybe she is the one who was like the missing person that Randall um needed to find. Um what I think is that that's actually Vision's body. She has reanimated Vision's body. So like, that's you know how the helicopter goes into the world and it turns into a toy helicopter? Yeah. That's Vision's body that has turned into a Vision come to life, even though he's actually dead. He, so for a second, yeah. she sees what Vision actually is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Matt snaps it back into her fictional reality. Uh, I think she's somehow gotten Vision's body and reanimated it for her world. So I could see that because I think there's a lot of like her turning something into something else. And there's it starts out with a physicality. Um, But I disagree because that would be a bigger news story for the Avengers. That's, that's the hole in that, that yeah. theory. And, they would and the other thing that. is that would be a really dark thing Way to for go. this show. Right. Yes. Um, but that's kind of my theory right now, Remember. or it could just be, she had a vision and, you know, yeah, no pun I mean, intended. Right. And uh, kind of, that's my, that's my only thing. Like got thrown I, off. People would know about that if the body went missing or whatever it is. I think they, you know, so, but we'll discover. We'll discover. I mean, so we got a lot of answers this episode. Yes. Um, I, there's still a lot of questions to be answered um, in the next, I think we have five more episodes still. So we're not even at the halfway point yet. We're almost there. Yeah. There's one question that did not get answered. What is that? And that's uh, um, Darcy asks it. And I don't recall it being answered. Maybe you do. Uh, what she says at one point: Why does she keep, or why does it keep changing uh, years? Or I forget how she phrases it: genres yep. or decades or something. Yep. Like she she alludes to the fact that over the course of the two episodes that she watched, and then leading into this third one where um, she expels 
the agent, we cross about 30 years of television time. You know, we get to the 70s. We go from the 50s to the 70s. Um, so I don't think that question was answered yet. I don't I, have a particular theory, but I'm curious. I don't think that's been answered yet either. I'm sure we're going to get that um, that's as gotta well. That's got to be meaningful somehow. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Um, I just... There's so, there's so much going on. I mean, it's awesome, but it's like, yeah. who knows? There's a lot to digest. <laughs> who knows yeah. uh, where this is going to lead to? All I know is that uh, so far it's been awesome. Correct. <laughs> and I can't wait to see what the next episode is. I'm, I'm actually excited to kind of get back into the um, sitcom-y portion True. of the show. Um, and yeah. We'll see. We don't really know what's coming up for for next episode, but all we know is that we're going to be in the 80s now. And there's a lot of fun stuff to play with in the 80s. Yeah, so it kind of makes sense that episode 5 is going to be the 80s. Episode 6 is going to be the 90s. You're going to get the early 2000s and episode 7. Right. And then you have two more um you have two more episodes, so you could either get a 2010s episode in eight and then just a regular like Marvel movie type ending in episode nine, or you get the Marvel movie type ending across eight and nine. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. Um, all right. Let's continue on to rolling or trolling. And we're going to segue by first talking about some WandaVision news. Really? Yes. Neil, you recall the Strucker Watch commercial from I episode two. do recall this. Well, Marvel thought it would be a good idea, a good opportunity for merchandising. <laughs> and part of their merchandise for the show is does include the Strucker watch that was advertised in the show. Neil, are you rolling or trolling with this being an item available to purchase? With this, and just... I have a specific answer to this. Yeah. This blind consumerism, this pandering to the what is it, the capitalist culture of ours. I look, I'm rolling because this is not shocking at all you mean to tell me disney has a property and they're they're uh creating toys based off of it not a shock not a surprise i'm surprised i will say that i'm like i'm surprised they didn't you know wait till they actually show vision's body because disney's not above selling some gray half a head missing corpse vision to children if they can make $18. So here's why I'm trolling this. Oh, I'm excited you're trolling. Good. Don't buy a Nazi watch. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's that what is Hydra is. You can't, sell, you can't sell Nazi merchandise. I, I, immediately, on, I immediately changed my answer. <laughs> yes. 
Disney. Like, did they not? Did they not think of that in product (laughs) development? Like, maybe this isn't the best idea. Like, I know these guys are villains, but like, you don't see like Inglorious Bastards merchandise where they're selling the bad guys stuff because there's a specific thing those bad guys were. That's like Darth Vader. Okay, that's fine. He's just a normal villain, but like Hydra's. Hydra. They're they're a a Nazi spinoff. Like you can't, That's true. you can't sell that. They are a subset of Nazism. Correct. Well said, sir. I retract my rolling. I'm trolling. Um, continuing on with a little bit more Marvel. They just announced today that they now have a partnership with, um, with Black Panther director Ryan Coogler's production company. Uh, it's a five-year deal that they mm-hmm. signed with Disney television. And one of the projects that they're going to work on is a Wakanda series uh, for uh, Disney plus Neil, are you rolling or trolling with exploring the larger world of Wakanda in a Disney plus series? Uh, here's I'm rolling. And here's why the black Panther that they're trying to keep for, and, and it's crass, pardon the expression, but keep alive. Like the, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. You know, we lost him and I know they're trying to make the sister, the new one. They're trying to do different things. There's been a lot of stories, a lot of delays, I think due to COVID also not due to COVID. I think they're having some struggles just figuring out how to do it with the same success. I don't see it happening. So I think TV is the realm that is going to suit Wakanda best. I think you put that girl, um, his sister, in that frame. I think you put the characters of Wakanda there. And I think the it, their advanced culture and their science, I think all of that plays well on the small screen. I don't have a story idea yet. I'm not. I'm not that great of a writer. Although I, you know, like I watch these things and then I feel like I improve upon them with my thoughts. But I, I just, I think if they're going to have success, it's on the TV screen. It's not on the movie screen. So I'm, I'm rooting for them. I say I'm going to slow. You know what? I'm a slow roll. I'm a slow roll. Um. So I'm rolling with it as well, and I do have a bit of a different thought behind it. Um, because obviously, you know, Chadwick Boseman was so important to bringing Black Panther to life on the screen, right? Right, right? But behind the scenes, the reason why this is important to me and why I ha- I have better feelings about the Black Panther and Wakanda franchise moving forward is uh-huh. because Ryan Coogler was the one who came up with the vision of that movie in the first place. He wrote okay. the movie, he directed it, and now he's you know, writing and directing Black Panther 2, and he's going to continue on with his production company and everything. So the fact that he's kind of sticking with it, I feel like the, the one way we're going to be able to um, kind of get through to this next iteration of Black Panther without Chadwick Boseman is with Ryan Coogler, who was the originator of 
the first story to begin with. I follow. So that's how it's going to be able to continue on without him because they still yeah. at least have that one huge piece in Ryan Coogler. I'm rooting for it. I mean, they they hit they. It's like a splash. I always refer to splash pages in comics where it's like you open it up and it's it's the two pages where it's a splash page and there's all this action. Like that's what they did with black Panther. They gave us a universe. We never knew they did a great job of setting up the universe, having us digest it and be interested in it in one film, which is rare. So like I'm rooting for it. Cause I'd like to, I'd like to keep that world coming back. Yeah. Neil, some, some may say that me and you are, I don't know, kind of, uh, aside from emerging podcast moguls, mm. we're really just financial moguls as well. Wouldn't wouldn't you say? Like some you know what we're talking about when it comes that. to money. And we're things. knowledgeable. We do. Yes. Well, I apparently the entire internet is very knowledgeable of finance yeah. as well because Reddit memed Wall Street into a panic last week. <laughs> By elevating the stocks of GameStop and AMC, among others, to astonishing highs. Yes. Um, Neil, are you rolling with the Redditors who did this, or are you troll are you rolling with the short sellers of I'm, GameStop and AMC? Uh, I'm rolling with the redditors and their memes because like they represent the little guy if i understand this dynamic correctly here's how i feel one i'm not i have no concept of reddit i was never a user i feel like the world does not need another platform it's basically a message board message board an elevated message board good good for it uh (laughs) we don't whatever let's leave reddit behind GameStop. I'm glad you bring this up because it does qualify as nerd information, which is our wheelhouse. So GameStop and AMC. AMC, and AMC is now going to survive because of this. Because of this. Movies and and games, etc. Here's the thing. One, I'm all for it. I'm all for it because it's basically it's basically uh Bane taking over Wall Street in uh, Dark Knight Rises. Right. That's what just happened. They're like, he just rolls in. He's like, well, we, you know, that, that's it. I own everything now. The other thing is GameStop, which I like and use, and I'm a store guy. I like to go to the store and get things. I like to be out and talking to people. I'm a social person. Um, would you say $450 a share is representative of the business success that GameStop is currently having? Or would you say they're $20 a share of two and a half weeks ago is more uh, accurate of the business that I, they're doing? I th- Here's the real thing. I think it's all just made up BS regardless. That is what because, the stock market is. Like you could uh, listen, GameStop. When you look at it, maybe not, and like a lot of people don't believe in it, and that's fine. Yeah. Like it's retail. Retail is hurting in large part. 
um, outside of just GameStop. But then, you know, I could see someone reasonably talking themselves into we just had the the xbox come out and playstation 5s come out and they're in high demand and no one has them and oh when gamestop gets gets stock of them they sell out immediately yep so like you know that's good for business so maybe yeah. they think that they have a business model that's sustainable i don't know it's all made up numbers neil it's and that's all the made thing. Up this is why I'm rolling with the Reddit people is because they Roll. understood that and they like they did what Wall Street already does. Wall Street, they that's meet correct. with each other and they decide, you know what, GameStop sucks. So we're gonna short games GameStop's sales. We're gonna bet against it. Our bets against it are gonna drive the price lower. So we're gonna win in the long run. Like they're doing the same thing that the Reddit people were doing. It's the same that's exact exactly thing, right. and it's all made up crap. And the and the stock marketeers uh, can't be pissy because you got beat. This was a Sunday football they game. Can be pissy because they're the ones with all the money, so they feel well, entitled right. to being pissy. <laughs> they feel enti- exactly. They feel entitled to being pissy. But it's like it's like when the Browns win a game. It's like oh well, we didn't. I guess we knew that that could happen. We just weren't ready for it. Right. And so like these people, they need to when they realize like regular folks made some money and a couple of smart guys outsmarted the the Wall Street people. They're like, oh, I I guess we knew that that was a thing that was possible. We just weren't ready for it. But now that we know it's possible, we need to change all the rules. We We can't change all the rules. Exactly. (laughs) And how right. How just blatantly horrible is that? It's like, oh. Oh, a reg a regular guy made ten bucks on this deal. Well, let's change all the rules. Come on, yeah, come on. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's going to be interesting to see. I think a lot of a lot of stuff might be changing. They're already, by the way, coming out with I think two different projects uh, based off of this situation and what happened like, last yeah, film week. and like, tv project there i think netflix is coming out with a, a movie <laughs> or a tv series where they've right. already hired what, actors and what someone else is say? coming out with a movie what does that say about our society that this happened it's still happening like this is not even a week old and it's so shocking that regular folk figured out the stock market that we're going to make a movie about it. That's how interesting we're going to make it is. Th- that's how interesting <laughs> it is at this moment in time. It's like when they did Breaking Bad. Everybody loved Breaking Bad. No one realized that he had to become a drug lord to afford chemo. What does that <laughs> right. say about our healthcare system in America? Like, that's, I just love it. I love when TV movies and, and media reflect what's going on in the world and so good for them i'm i don't even know who's in it i'm rolling with uh the whatever tv show they're going to make or movie about this i'm pre-rolling um it wouldn't be a week of rolling or trolling without a little bit more ray fisher news Ooh, and that he's doing a lot of talking he well this is interesting because basically he's confirmed that he despite his um you know relationship with wb being blown up over the past couple months he is still going to promote the snyder cut 
which he's in. Right. Um, the Snyder Cut, by the way, has officially been announced for a March 18th release date. Um, are you rolling or trolling with Ray Fisher, you know, despite everything that's gone on, still right. promoting this movie, this WB I'm, property? I'm rolling with it for a couple of reasons. I'm rolling with it because I appreciate the courage it takes to come forward and say something when you're not a superstar. Mm-hmm. So like Ray Fisher is a guy and this is not a reflection on him, but we're just, I'm talking about the type of star power and I'll use another actor in a minute to compare it to. Um, like Ray's a guy if we never saw him again in a film, my life doesn't change. It's like, you know, he didn't, uh, he, he wasn't given the chance to light the world on fire in, in his role uh, in Justice League as Cyborg. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's got acting chops. I'm sure he could do something interesting. But like it took some stones to attack the company, the group, the apparatus that's in the process of making you a star because at that level of your career, that's a bold move. Cause they can just be like, you know what? We're done with Ray now moving on. If an actor like Jack Nicholson or Robert De Niro, or like, if we go younger, um, I don't want to use the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Now, um, if they have a negative opinion, they're going to act again. Like they're yeah. going to be in movies again. There's no one that's not going to cast them because they had something nasty to say. Uh, like, so that's, that's the difference there. I'm, I'm rolling with it because I think this guy is also smart enough to realize, you know what? I better rein it in. I said what I had to say, but let me at least promote this and and appear to be like a decent fellow so that you know warner brothers which is a huge apparatus doesn't just totally knock me out of the box yeah i and to your point too like his imdb credentials he has the the cameo kind of that he makes um, in Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, when right. they set, show the thirty-second clip of each metahuman, he right. has Justice League, he has True Detective, one season of True Detective, Didn't and know it. that's it. Right, and then he has another TV series, I guess, that's coming out this year, and uh, the Justice League uh, Snyder Cut. So he's got yeah. like five things to his name and he's still doing all this and and three of the five are warner brothers yes yes so you know and you know uh, listen i think part of it is one like good for him for still standing by something that he was probably supposed to do right he's yeah uh, listen yeah contractually contractually but also it does seem like he he did have a good relationship with Zack snyder and, you know, he obviously did not like Joss Whedon when Joss Whedon took over. Right. So he's kind of standing behind Zack Snyder and, and the cast of that movie, which is great. Um, and, you know, keeping his word by his contract, even though he had all those bad things to say. And then on the other side of it, too, he 
is again probably contractually obligated to do this and you know money talks so Mo- he still certainly. wants to you know and when you've got five still wants to cash name, those checks exactly so, money talks a lot moving on kevin feige had some high praise for chloe zhao and her upcoming eternals movie so chloe zhao is the director of the upcoming eternals he said that her pitch for the movie was grand deeply personal and the best pitch he had ever heard he also described the movie as a sweeping multi-millennial spanning story multi-millennial or multi-millennium millennial same thing like he he's not talking about millennials he's talking like there's multiple millennials in there he's talking about like years he's not talking about a generation of people all right i gotcha multi-millennial okay yes um i don't know how much of that i believe uh but good for him for hyping this up there's not a lot going on in the world so we need something uh I'm rolling with it because I want to see the Eternals. Like, I give me more. Like, just keep. I don't mind a superhero movie. I'm sure there's people that are like fed up with it. I'm sure there's, you know, the older generation, uh, you know, a little older than us. That's like, ah, okay, we're aging out of it. We're done with it. It was a good decade. And I'm sure there's younger people uh, that are not steeped in it. And especially with this like year and a half of COVID we've gone through. They're just they're you know moved on to something else, but I love it. I I've longed for this. I I'm so glad we live in a world where all this is happening. Like they've got my money. That I'm I'm on. I'm never gonna be. I'm never gonna say don't make that. Don't do this. Like do it. Make it. Let's see what they've got. Remake this. Try that. Change. You know. I'm all for it. I think I'm rolling. I think I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm rolling with it too because Kevin Feige doesn't strike me as the type of person who's gonna oversell something. Well, and this is a big statement yeah. to make. And it, like, if something's crap, he's like, he's not out there like pushing good for record. the dark world Correct. on us. You he's know what I mean? Like record. he knows what's good and what's bad. Yes. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm staying level headed about it, but uh, you know, when I first read it, I got a little excited. Um, finally, Ryan Reynolds, uh, very active on, on the socials. He is indeed. Very active. He let us in on a little information that not a lot of people knew before. In a tweet, he says, quote, and this did have something to do with something good. Uh, it's critical to have open, honest, and healthy discussions around mental health. By retweeting hashtag Bell Let's Talk, you can make a difference. Okay. Then he continues on. In case that's not enough, before Disney bought Fox, Deadpool 3 was going to be a road trip between Deadpool and Logan, Rashomon style, for real. Neil, are you rolling? (laughs) Would you have been rolling or trolling with a road trip movie of Deadpool and Wolverine? Yes, I'm rolling with that. Like I said, you know, I want to see them make things. Once they've made them, I will have definitely have comments on where to go 
and how to do this. But let's see. Logan, the movie Logan, was R-rated and successful and kind of a blueprint for other things that came after that. Uh, Deadpool, you know, took it way over the top. So, you know, it might have been a stepping stone, but definitely not a blueprint for for that. I, I do think, though, if you pay attention to Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman in real life. Oh, yeah. I don't see they how putting them. Feud. Yes. I don't see how putting them together goes wrong. Exactly. Like yeah. I'm rolling. I would have rolled so hard with this just because like you'd actually be taking that crazy relationship to oh. the big screen and it would have been hysterical in a Deadpool Correct. movie. It, it would have been ridiculous. That Absolutely. is something that I wish we could have gotten that I don't think we're ever going to get now unless it's with a different property. It's not going to be Deadpool or Wolverine. True. All right. Well, you watched a movie. Uh, you know what? Before upon we get into my that, suggestion. Oh, yeah. I want to. Yeah. Before we jump to the end here, do you think. So you're saying we're not going to get that because, because Hugh Jackman has retired from the character? Because I thought there were whispers out there that he'd consider re- returning under very specific circumstances. I like. Why are you saying we're not going to get that? I don't know if we're going to get that because by the time Marvel gets to it. to the X Men, yeah, he he'll definitely be retired from the character. I like, agree. I don't think we're. I don't know if we're going to get full wolverine deadpool movie plus mm-hmm. like if they are bringing wolverine back and he's right. only going to come back for a certain scenario yeah i don't know if it's going to be for the deadpool movie i think it's going to be for like a full-fledged x-men like outing joint yes yeah all right I, that i that's legitimate i think i'm saddened that he's not going to be the wolverine when they get to the x-men but I get it and I accept it and I'm willing to try to accept the new guy. But are they, how, how deeply are they going to interweave Deadpool into the overall universe that's been created? Well, we don't know yet. Right. We, right. we know a couple of things. We know we have the MCU. Mm-hmm. We know we have Spider-Man was brought in, but right. as a new character. We know that this upcoming Spider-Man movie is going to include previous iterations of Sony's Spider-Man right. in a multiverse. In a multiverse. We have inklings and, and rumors of the X-Men's Quicksilver right. being in WandaVision. So we have Deadpool now joining the MCU, and that's definitive that he will yes. be at least joining the MCU. We don't know to what capacity. We don't so know the, the capacity. door is open for, at the very least, appearances from uh, Fox X-Men characters. Right. But it's not like there's nothing here's, set in stone with this. Here's where I'm going to write the film. That's you just explained where I was leading to this. He's in the MCU, but we have numerous examples of multiverse that has happened, that is happening, 
we've got numerous examples of characters with mutation powers, like powers that are mutants, but we're not calling them that. We're calling them that over here, but not over here. So I think if they want to back up the money truck to Hughes Australian Hacienda and just dump it out, I think there's a road to Logan Deadpool that they can play on later. So we do that movie. We all have a good time and enjoy ourselves. And then in Deadpool 4, we get all kinds of references to how things have changed and this and that. Because in Deadpool 1 and 2, that's all he does. He's like, I can't keep the timeline straight. There's McAvoy. There's so-and-so. There's blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They've got their own version of Colossus. They're doing like they're, they've already figured out how to play with that, with exactly that, where something is one way, but it's changed because of what's going on in the real world. And he makes funny comments and we all buy into it and enjoy ourselves. So there's definitely a world where you can make that movie and not be stuck with Hugh as the Wolverine forever and ever. There's a, there is de- that can definitely happen. Yeah, I agree. I think like the only and I'm thing willing it to happen. The only thing that concerns me with all the multiverse stuff yeah. is like, like it's, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's, it's kind of a selfish thing is like the MCU is so great. Like I want there to be like an MCU Wolverine and MCU X-Men. I don't want them to have to take from a different franchise and bring them in. Like I would like to see what the MCU X-Men would be. I'd like to see what the MCU Dr. Octopus would be. But I think you can get that. It scares me that we're, bringing in dr octopus from sony like all as great as he is like i want to see what what tom holland's dr octopus would be i don't need to i've already seen what toby Maguire's dr octopus is and so like i like the world that they've built um with tom holland and those characters it makes me nervous that they're merging multiple world worlds like there's a very fine line that they're yeah tiptoeing now where yes, we're going to get a lot of fan service and that's going to be great, but like I want them to do it right and have it make sense and not have it take over the new stuff that they're doing. Fair with, enough. With the Fair old. Enough. I'm just so ready. I'm so ready. And I want to just see Hugh Jackman do things as Wolverine. And to have him be R rated next to Deadpool, it's, it just cannot be. It, there's so much there. There's so the movie writes itself. But carry on. Let's move to our next and last segment, sir. I'm excited about my suggestion for you. Suggested for you. That's right. So what do you want to start with? I watched Little Italy. You you watched Set It Up. Let's start with Set It Up because if you recall, I wanted you to watch Little Italy because I wanted to have a brief conversation, you know, talk a little bit about Hayden Christensen. So let let me run through set it up watched it enjoyed it okay was Mm -hmm. surprised at how many people i saw you alluded to the fact that there were going to be a lot of people in there some up-and-comers and and some people that were established this is a 2018 film yes sir so let's start at the at the like i guess what would be the top build which is 
Tay Diggs and Lucy Liu. Okay. Two people, you know, that at one time were box office smashes and then have kind of like they're both on the same level of fame right now, I would yeah, say. They've petered off. They petered off. And here's the, the other thing. I forgot about Tay Diggs. Yeah. Like he was in things mm-hmm. and and had important things to do in movies like was given serious roles and was in a lot of stuff and i forgot that that like that was a thing so i was excited to see tay Diggs. i think he was having a good time he was definitely whooping it up and, and being a fun character lucy lou she did a great job playing uh a mean boss lady okay uh was never like a huge lucy lou person but she did a great job uh, the young Turks that have become famous or are becoming famous, I'll limit it to three. You got Pete Davidson, you got Glenn Powell, you got Zoe Deutsch, is how I think it's said. And if I it's think not, it's Deutsch. Well, all right. I like Zoe Deutsch. Um, I recognize all three. Pete Davidson, fun, SNL, great. We can put that to the side. He's got his own movies. We'll watch them. Uh, but Zoe Deutsch has been in many things. I like what she's got going on. Uh, fun. I did not realize her mother is what's her name from back to the future. The mom, uh, Tay Leone, not Tay Leone. I can't think of the name now. Huh? It will. I'll look it up while you, Yeah, you look it up because I want there to be dead air, but like she is the daughter. Oh, Leah Thompson, Leah Thompson. And I had not realized Interesting. that. Yes, but you can see it now a little bit. Can't you? Yes. yes. Oh, I, I actually don't think there. she looks anything like her mom. Really? No. I could maybe. see. I could see a little bit. Maybe it's in the mannerisms and the like acting and all that. Probably. So, but she's got like a history of uh, Zoe Duch has a history of uh, rom com type things. Dirty Grandpa, Good Kids. Uh, why him before I fell movies like that things that are you know not really going to set the world on fire but they're they're a-okay she was in the politician excellent show I don't know if you've watched that I have not it's it's very very funny but my guy who probably is the least famous but I think the best is Glenn Powell Glenn Powell he does a very good job does a very good job does an amazing job is funny is uh charismatic and has a like my biggest pet peeve with uh rom-coms is you take two amazingly stunning people and try to convince us that they're unaware of their good looks and find each other and thank God these two find each other, each other attractive because if they didn't, they'd never find anybody else in the world. Right. It's like, please, that I can't like I can suspend disbelief to believe that Wanda has taken over an entire city and raised the dead before I can believe that Gerard Butler and what's her name from The Ugly Truth, I, I can't find people to date. Okay, um, so Glenn Powell. He has like a regular face. Not that he's not a handsome guy, but he's got a regular face. Like he could be in the cubicle next to you 
as easily as he can be in this movie. He was in possibly my favorite television show, Scream Queens. He played okay. Chad Radwell, who was a, um, you know, just the ultimate frat guy at a college where there's a psycho killer on the loose. And it's, it's a, like, it's a comedy show. Genius, just genius. Anybody out there that's seen it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, check one or two episodes out of that show. So come full circle. I liked this because it was cute. It was fun. It was interesting. Everybody was doing a good job. These two characters have a, have a charisma about them that makes me believe in the story that they set up. It's like, this could happen. I see what's going on. It's called set it up because spoiler alert, they set up their bosses in order to have more free time because their bosses are angry, uh, rigid people and they need to have a release and I'll keep it PG so that, and they're ruining their, that their work-life balance by being so, you know, overbearing, overbearing, but it ends quite nicely. Uh, they reveal that it was a setup. They, you know, he's like, listen, I'm just, you know, I'm quitting because you're a nut. And I want to make sure that we didn't ruin your lives by doing this. And naturally they fall the, you know, chat and chat, uh, Glenn and Zoe Dooch fall in love, uh, which I thought was cute. Like it was fun. It's about an hour and a half yeah. hour and 40 minutes. It goes quick. There was a few things in there that they could have cut out that cut it down to about an hour 30. Um, but really nice, really nice. Very New Yorky. A lot of Yankee yep. stuff, Yankee games, Yankee talk. Um, it was a good one. It was a good pick. Strange pick for Thank you. you. I yeah, pick. I think the reason why I did that is because obviously the themes for the for this week and, and for next week are rom-coms. Right. And we have different eras of rom-coms when you think about them like you have kind of like the 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 old school the harry met sally uh, right right sleepless in seattle like those kind of movies that came out in the 80s going into kind of um the julia roberts era of the 90s um and then to the like early 2000s right so but right now even to like the um the the frat pack era where you have i guess they weren't part of the frat pack what, what like the seth rogan era where you have yeah. him in knocked up and and stuff like that in the the late 2000s right, right um but recently they haven't really been coming out and now we're in kind of the netflix era of rom-coms and i netflix noticed a lot is, of their originals they're yeah. pumping out rom-coms that are becoming hits like this um you had the one with actually Randall Park um, was was in one that I, I'm blanking on the name. Always be my maybe, and like I remember that movies like that that yeah. are coming out on Netflix because they're not really box box office draws anymore. So right. the only way we're gonna get rom coms like this now, seemingly, is through. Uh, streaming platforms like even palm springs is another one that came out this past year on hulu Um, it's a shame it's a shame you're correct you're 100 right but it's a shame that that's the way it's gone it's almost as if 
the comic book movie has killed the regular movie or has killed the rom-com because like i remember i remember kevin smith talking about this he teamed up with seth rogan whose movies were making tons and tons of money at that time and they made zach and miri make a porno and he he made a comment like and the movie didn't make seth rogan money it made kevin smith money which was like 30 million dollars at the box office which you know is a lot of money but it is in nowhere near the like oh this movie just passed a billion dollars worldwide in two weeks you know the avatar money the star wars money the comic book money so i guess that's right i guess there's just not but you know money in rom-coms on that level anymore but the the glass half full outlook is that they have the avenue to continue on now with streaming true because streaming it makes sense this it's like kind of the perfect marriage between that genre and what streaming needs they need content these are inexpensive inexpensive movies for them to put together and make and it's just more content for their their platforms and it's a great like i don't listen i love going to the movies i love seeing every movie in a movie theater do i have to go see set it up on the big screen no i don't I'm fine sitting at home and, and watching it. I need to see Avengers Endgame on the big screen. Correct. I don't need to see this on the big screen. That's so, a good point. That's a good point. Well described. All right. You watched Little I watched Italy. Little Italy. Was it, let's start here. Was it where you thought it would be? No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was in Canada. Correct. I was Apparently there's very one there. confused about that. Apparently yes. there's one in Canada. I buried the lead. But everyone yeah. in Little Italy in Canada happens to have Italian-American accents. <laughs> Go figure. Yes. Go figure that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone except Emma Roberts. Yes. She was not about to even attempt that. Didn't even which try. I respect more than Hayden Christensen, Christensen attempting yeah. it. But that's we'll get True. into him. Um, I'm not going to bury the lead. This <laughs> wasn't the best movie I've ever seen. Outrageous. How dare um, It was like, it was more Hallmark movie than rom-com to me. It, it definitely had a cinema scope like that. It definitely looked like it was shot for Hallmark. And like the acting was on par the majority of the acting not all of it but a lot of the acting was on par with what you would see in a hallmark movie compared to a movie movie okay i felt personally like this felt like did this come out in did this come out in theaters it did briefly yes okay because like again not to i'm gonna sound like such a jerk (laughs) this seemed like a straight to video movie like back when that was a thing like that's that's what this seemed like fair like where you have like the movie poster is just a bunch of them photoshopped (laughs) they they were never in the same room for the movie Uh, poster they were just all photoshopped in a horrible photoshop uh for the cover of the dvd i agree Um, i think this made it to theaters because they were trying to make emma roberts a thing right it was that moment where that was happening emma roberts was 
fine. Yeah. The, let's I'll I'll get into the good. The best part of the movie is actually the grandparents. Oh, without a doubt. That was the the heart of the movie, I felt like their their storyline. Um just to briefly go over the plot of this, um Emma Roberts and and Hayden Christensen, they play um they they were kids growing up in Little Italy, Canada, and the their fa- their families uh, both owned a pizza shop together. Uh, their two fathers uh, end up getting in a fight and splitting up the pizza shop into their own individual ones. And you know Emma Roberts move on, moves on with her life and becomes a chef over in uh, London. And right. Hayden Christensen he stays and helps with the family pizzeria and you know the families are are well really just the fathers are feuding and everyone else kind of wants them to stop um the grandfather who is played by danny aiello he he was really good um, oh, Danny Aiello is tremendous. Danny Aiello, um, I think he's probably best known for me as um, from Do the Right Thing as Sal. Yes. Sal from Sal's Pizza, correct? Yep, from Do Sal's the right Pizza. Thing. And then there's tremendous so- actor, and this was just shortly before he passed away, actually. Yes. So he plays um, Hayden's fa- grandfather, right. and then there's Andrea Martin. She plays Emma Roberts' grandmother. Andrea Martin is... I have a guilty pleasure movie, and it's my Big Fat Greek Wedding. Mm -hmm. Andrea Martin plays Aunt Bula, who is hysterical. And I just have become such a fan of hers and and realized after after realizing who she was in that movie... I realized who she was in so many other movies that I watched and how she just made them all better. But yeah, go ahead. Carry on. Well, the, they were both great. And so yeah. they are both the grandparents of the different families, but they're secretly dating behind everyone's yeah. backs. <laughs> right. And they're they're like their love story was the love story from this movie. Like that's that was the story I was invested in. I could Emma get Roberts and Hayden. Yeah. I you know, they were <laughs> they were what they were. Right. Um so that was, the, they were the good part of the movie. Um, there's one note that like, I think got me off on the wrong foot with this movie outside of them starting with voiceover from Hayden Christensen Yes, and Emma Roberts, which was a weird choice. There, There's a scene in the very beginning when you're introduced to adult Emma Roberts and she's right. in the kitchen right. and with the, with, um, Oh my gosh! With uh, what's her name? Oh, I forget that actress. Uh, With Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour is like the head chef. Bond girl, right? And they actually compare her to like she's worse than Gordon Ramsay, right? (laughs) Who's the famous angry chef? Right. There's a joke that they use that they stole from what? From Gordon Ramsay's television show, and that's when one of the students does a bad job and she yeah. puts the two pieces of bread, but like she puts her head between two pieces of bread and she says, yeah. I'm a moron sandwich and starts <laughs> repeating it. Yes. Gordon Ramsay legitimately made someone do that <laughs> on one of his shows. Oh my God. And made them say, I'm a moron sandwich over and over again, right. which I was like, 
you had to like why did you steal that why that made no sense to me well um, i guess that, they're you know they have a deep I, reference it's i, I <laughs> all right wasn't i don't think if yeah we it didn't if it, if it was not in the movie it would have not changed it for me no it wouldn't have um yeah, it didn't do anything let's talk hayden christensen let's talk about it so former anakin skywalker uh has divided Star Wars fans since he showed up in Clone Wars. People either support it or people despise him. And with him returning to the Star Wars world, it's reignited this conversation, which is why I thought this was a a good movie to lead us there. So I, I don't think he's a good actor. Okay. I'm not a fan of his. Right. Um, I don't really understand how he's like the town heartthrob because he's just a normal looking person. Yes, he is a normal looking person. But they act like he's like Brad Pitt of the town. Right. I find that it's because that what they do with these guys is as long as they're physically fit, like really fit, thin yeah. or fit, for some reason you're now the town heartthrob. Uh, I get that. He's he's one of those actors that's like you put him in a rom com where they don't know if they're beautiful or not. I believe it. He's just like him as the he's not a rom like he's not a charming charming enough person to be the lead of a rom com. Oh, okay. this is the guy who in one of the Star Wars movies, his move to to swoon Natalie Portman was to talk about how he doesn't like sand because it's too coarse. It gets everywhere. It, and it gets everywhere. Yes. Legitimate argument, not a pickup line. Not a pickup line. It's very true. It's so, very true. like, I'm just mad. Like, I couldn't imagine, like... It's no, I'm going to throw you in my DeLorean gun at 88. Yeah, yeah he it just it didn't match up with me like he still <laughs> kind of has i don't know if it's maybe just from the star wars movies or this is just his look he's got right. kind of like the dark under eyes okay you know which well, like i know they purposely did in right. the star wars movies but i feel like that's kind of that makeup hasn't worn stuck off with him i think let me ask you this as you're watching it, do you find that Hayden Christensen still has some of the stank on him from Star Wars? Or were you able to divorce the two? Like, what, like, was that in your brain as you're watching? I, I just never really thought he was that good. Like, I've never right. seen him in anything other than this little, yeah. and Star Wars. Like, he was in that Jumper movie that I've Jumper seen scenes of. But it's just like not great. He just never had it. I, yeah. I I don't I I just don't really get it. I'm I'm with bringing him back for the Obi Wan show just because I think that's an interesting thing to do. Like I think that's cool that they're gonna bring him back. And, but I also think you and McGregor has enough to save it. Like I think he absolutely as long as he's on screen, uh, that's gonna be a good scene because Ewan's gonna make it a good scene. Absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe like now I'm so used to after watching the Star Wars movies to like yeah. moody, depressed 
Hayden Christensen that it's like, okay, he's going to keep being that, then I'm fine. I hope he doesn't ruin Darth Vader for us. Right. Like, That's I hope true. they limit the amount of him and well, Vader that they show in that show. Because here's the thing. In Rogue One, they gave Vader his balls back. Like, because yeah. it was, you know, because we had the prequels and then we had the sequels. Like, we had the original trilogy, yes. then prequels, then sequels. And sequels, there's no Vader. Vader's dead, Vader's gone. So, prequels was the last Vader we got. And it was rough. Yes, it wasn't great. So, Rogue One was the first time we got him back in since i guess what 2000 2005 yeah the 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 last time we saw vader prior to rogue one was him thinking he could do a backflip over obi-wan and he got his legs chopped off that is correct which we knew he had to get messed up but like that was a rough way to get messed up that was not a cool way to to go out and so so you know with rogue one they were oh my god that's vader again like you know it brought me back to new hope where he walks into that meeting and just kind of cool like i find your lack of faith disturbing like that was badass so you're right i do have that concern because i like where they went with vader or what they returned him to so hayden did he all right so this movie not your favorite you didn't bury the lead. Didn't think it, it was great. It doesn't give me hope for Hayden, but you know, I'll I'll keep hoping for Hayden. Hashtag hope for Hayden. Hashtag but, um, hope for Hayden. You know, if you oh, if anybody listens to this, if anybody listens to this and wants to share this episode on Facebook on any of the uh, social medias, that's the tag. It's either it's tag. Hashtag, hashtag hope for hope Hayden. For Hayden. Which means you like you you have hope that it's going to be good in the Obi Wan show or hashtag hate for Hayden. You think it's going to be bad, yeah. And let's see if we can track what happens. I love this. I like this idea. Yeah, I'm sure this is totally going to get that. Trending. Four people are going to do it. <laughs> hey, you know, we have to do, let me dream. Don't take away my dreams. Um. Okay, but I do. I like the 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 suggestion because yeah. we did get to talk about Hayden Christensen and it tied into Star Wars something Definitely. that we like. So that was good. Um okay. What do we have for this week's suggested for you? Again, we're gonna stick with I believe we've got one more week of yeah. rom com suggestions, maybe two. Maybe two um, if we do all of February. I, so, um, I think, here's my suggestion for you. And I, I like that before you were talking about the different genres and years. And you're talking about 80s and, and you know, then the night you got Tom Hanks, you've got mail, that kind of stuff. Sleepless Seattle. I have a 1997, I believe seven, rom-com that is off the beaten path. It's not your normal rom-com. Okay. It is called Gross Point Blank. Okay. Uh, I've heard of it. I have never watched it. Yeah, I didn't think you would. Um, Not because it's not up your alley, and I'll explain why I think it might be. Uh, Hulu and Prime, I believe you can find it on. Great. Free, no charge. Love it. Um, 
John Cusack, fun. Mm-hmm. Mini Driver, who kind of disappeared on us, but was a thing in the 90s. Um, Hank Azaria. He's always enjoyable. Okay. Yeah, he's, absolutely. He's up and coming. This Remember, it's the 90s, so he doesn't have a huge role. But, but I tell you, you've got Dan Aykroyd. Oh, okay. I like that. Dan Aykroyd and uh, John Cusack play hitmen. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I knew, I've always like heard the title of this movie. I had no ever any idea what this movie was about. I think when you watch this, so look, it's very 90s. It's it's shot very 90s. Good. I think this is going to be a hit for you. I think you're going to watch this and you're going to be like, I really liked it. I don't know if I'm going to reach for it every year, but I enjoyed it. I have high hopes for this for this movie. And I'm excited that it combines rom-com with a fun, it's like a unique thing. It's not the normal like, you know, oh, two people, we don't know if they are going to fall in love, but they do fall in love. We know he likes this girl. They tell the story. He's got to deal with those feelings while also dealing with the life he's in. So gotcha. I, I, I'm excited. Cool, man. Um, I'm excited to watch it. That's that's good. Um, my suggestion for you, I think there's a chance you have already seen it, but I do have a backup. I'm ready. So this movie stars two people that we've talked about on this podcast one was a couple of episodes ago from a prior suggestion that i had for you and one we actually just briefly mentioned um and of his brand of rom-coms and this is a more recent iteration of his rom-coms almost like a throwback for him that we hadn't gotten from him in a while um It's called Long Shot. I have not seen it. Okay. So this stars Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Interesting. And she is, without giving anything away, she is a politician who hires Seth Rogen, who is a journalist who I guess gets fired or for whatever reason, Mm. they used to be friends when they were younger and she hires him to be uh, a speechwriter for her and the movie okay. and comedy and romance ensues. I'm I'm ready. I did not watch it because I thought it was like a departure from the Rogan-esque comedy that I've come to enjoy, but you're telling me it's a throwback. I mean, it's not like as Vol- like it's definitely more rom-commy than yeah. like a knocked up is so like let's, but let's, it's still you get yeah. a good amount of that humor still interesting it. yeah. so it's how far from like neighbors is it it's f- it's it's not neighbors okay it's not neighbors but seth rogan is still being seth rogan okay like he's still wearing like 
baseball caps and sweatpants and stuff while he's I'm with. And that's kind of part of it is like he's this schlub who's like following this don't following around with person. this high profile glamorous where is politician. it streaming this i believe is on uh, when i watched it it was on hbo max i believe okay. it's still on hbo max um but you might want to check on it sooner rather than later because I don't know if it's one of those that has an expiration date, expiration date. Um, on the service. Before we close, let me pitch you an idea. Okay. In February, yes, we have Groundhog Day. Yes. Have you do. seen Groundhog Day? Of course I have. Of course. Now, do you? I think we should treat Groundhog Day like our treatment of Die Hard, and I think we should definitely discuss Groundhog Day. I'm with it. All right. I agree with that. Let's I think um, post post our show. We should discuss how we're going to work that in. But I think we could either do maybe the last week. We'll do rom coms another week, and then we'll, we'll close with Groundhog Day. Yeah. Well, Groundhog Day is tomorrow. Quite literally literally but we can yeah we could do groundhog day not this upcoming week but the following or whatever yeah we'll figure it out sounds good to me love that movie great movie yeah it's a great great movie all right that sounds good i like the idea that's something for our listener to look forward to indeed um hashtag hope for hayden hashtag hope for hayden um groundhog uh, thank you as always for listening one listener um, hopefully we get some more if you are new to the show we thank you for listening and we hope that you will stick with us and subscribe to our podcast wherever it is that you listen we are on all the platforms um, you wouldn't be able to know it by our listenership but we are on all of them we're um, there we're there uh, you can also find us on Neil's website, gluedtothescreen.com. That's glued, the number two, thescreen.com. And with that, Neil, what do you have to say to the people? Stream on, everybody. Stream on.